1: Hey there Buffalo Bills fans, welcome back to Believe, a Buffalo Bills fan podcast here on BuffaloRumblings.com and everywhere else you go to get your fine podcasts. My name is John Boccasino, of course being joined as we always are by my co-host Jamie D'Amico here getting you Bills Mafia ready for the big week six showdown between the Buffalo Bills heretofore undefeated before that debacle on Tuesday night that we hence their 4th we'll never mention again, and the Kansas City Chiefs, who also were undefeated until a loss in Week 5. Boy, Jamie, a lot of the luster got knocked from this matchup with both these teams coming off of losses in Week 5.
2: We thought that we were going to be looking at two undefeated teams going up against each other, but alas, that is not the case. However, these are two teams that are going to go deep into the playoffs this year. You know that the Chefs are going to be playing playing in the AFC Championship at minimum. Buffalo, what do you have? Show me, guys. You didn't look so good last week. You're going to turn it around this week? We're going to figure that out in this show, I think.
1: Yes, this is definitely a show-me game, uh, a statement game for the Buffalo Bills, I feel like after getting so thoroughly demolished. And, you know, we're not going to revisit all of There's. If you want to go and be a masochist and 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 relive, The Tuesday night debacle in Tennessee, by all means, go find other podcasts. We're not doing it. The, the devastation of watching that game deteriorate so quickly um, I'm done. Like I'm done. I've moved past it. Jamie. I, I think I had a 24 hour moratorium where all I wanted to do was not go on social media and not talk about the bills because that was such a demoralizing loss. And yes. And and I know that um, there's a lot. So Here's what I'll say, Jamie. Here's what I'll do to, to take the, the the game from week five and spin it forward. There are some ugly warts that the Bills showed in that loss to the Titans. And this can either be a good thing or a bad thing, but those warts are gonna get pretty quickly tested again in week six with the Chiefs coming up. Most notably, what the hell has happened to the pass rush?
2: Right. It's been absolutely non-existent. And now the thing is, the warts came to a head in the game against the Titans, but all of them showed up in the previous four games this season. Now, we actually talked about it. I was a guest on the Buff Hub with Steve Vega yesterday, and we did get into it a little bit. And one of the points that was brought up is the fact that the Buffalo Bills have blitzed on 33% of the opposing team's passing attempts. That's good for eighth in the NFL. So they are sending extra pass rushers, and still not putting heat on the quarterback. Now, you would think that this team would be in a better position this year on the pass rush than they were last year. Jerry Hughes is outstanding all the time. Ed Oliver has another year under his belt. The addition of Quentin Jefferson should be boosting the pass rush. And frankly, uh, I, I think that that Mario Addison is better at defensive end then was Shaq Lawson but we're not getting we're not getting the numbers that that we saw last year now is there a way of turning that around it's the lack of pass rush is definitely hurting the secondary so what do they have to do to generate more pressure do they have to bring guys from different angles do they have to get a little bit more creative i have a feeling that Sean McDermott and Leslie Frazier the defensive coordinator are Going through some different scenarios this week to try to figure it out.
1: Yeah, those those numbers, Jamie, are pretty eye-popping. And before we kind of get into a solution for what, you know, Frazier and McDermott might do with the defense, I want to run a couple more uh, stats by you, too. You mentioned the blitz percentage. Um, I have a concrete number here of 40.6% of the defensive plays. um, The Bills have their blitz that they're applying on the quarterback. That's third highest in the league. But to correlate to that, they have just 10 sacks on the year, which is good for 19th um, in the league. They are 29th in their pressure rate, uh, getting after the quarterback and applying pressure on just under 18% of the pass plays this year. So even with increased blitzing, even with, the renewed emphasis that the bills are putting on the pass rush and the defense, they're just not getting home. They're just not getting to the quarterback. And that's been a major, major problem. And Bill's fans want to you know, go after it and, 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 and really run Jerry Hughes down for what he's done. But Jerry hasn't been the problem. I feel, I mean, yes, Jerry has a huge salary cap hit, but he is winning reps against the offensive lineman. He's going up against He's getting doubled. He's having real hard times breaking through those because he's the only true commodity who seems to make a difference when it comes to this pass rush, getting after the quarterback. And I just don't know what the solutions are, but you know, Jamie, it's a notable problem when you're looking at the guys who they've, and they've spent so much money. There is so much that the Bills have invested in this defensive line in general. We'll get to the run stuffing problems as well, although one of the few bright spots Versus the, chi- versus the Titans was Derrick Henry getting bottled up. It really, he wasn't the reason the Bills uh, lost that game. It was more so the fact that Ryan Tannehill was able to scramble that untouched touchdown that he ran for. Uh, he was able to direct the offense at will. And again, you mentioned it. When the defensive line cannot get after the quarterback, the pressure is on the secondary. And for a unit that was minus Tredavious White and minus uh, Levi Wallace and, and had to deal with Josh Norman looking like he had never played football before. When Cam Lewis is your best member of that cornerbacking crew, you're in for a long night.
2: Cam Lewis, he of the university at Buffalo, the, the undrafted free agent who spent last season on the practice squad. You know, he's, he's a great preseason story, training camp story, but not the guy you necessarily want starting and you know he didn't acquit himself terribly in that game he got beat a little bit but you you expect that but Josh Norman does not belong playing man-to-man coverage in the NFL anymore you saw against the Raiders they were playing zone he looked fine man-to-man he cannot stay with the wide receivers he's not fast enough anymore and it was pretty obvious so You had mentioned it a while back. You said, is corner a sneaky need on this team? And I think the answer is a resounding yes. It's a huge need for this team. And I hope Brandon Bean is working the phones right now, because if this team wants to make a deep run into the playoffs, they're probably going to have to find somebody better than Taron Johnson and the slot and probably need a better CB2 as well.
1: Let's just stop right there, Jamie. Taron Johnson needs to go. Taron Johnson needs to be replaced ASAP. I don't, the bills don't have that guy on the roster who can step up and fill in for him. But he, when he is, he's a little bit better when he's in zone coverage, but when he is faced up with somebody, manned up with somebody, Teams are taking advantage of him. I don't have the numbers offhand uh, for the completion percentage against Taron Johnson, but he is a major, major liability out there, which is why it's at least good news that the Bills did get some decent injury updates uh, from Friday's practice. Believe it or not, Matt Milano was a full practice participant, as was all-pro cornerback Tredavious White and wide receiver John Brown, which I'm glad John Brown appears to be back on track because – Holy cow, Andre Roberts, such a terrible performance against the Titans. Uh, you know, we don't want him anywhere near the receiving core. You know, he is definitely not. is uh, a liability when it comes to being a pass catcher, as great as he can be in the special teams game, which even that was in doubt with how, you know, he had the fumble on the kickoff. He you know just really did not do anything to flip the field position, but the bills did get some good news on the injury front. Trey White, as long as he is back there, Uh, Monday when these two teams the Bills and the Chiefs meet at 5 p.m. at Bill Stadium and the first of a Monday Night Football doubleheader coming up on Monday that's at least good news for Trey White to be back on the field because without him again Jamie we saw Ryan Tannehill made that secondary look like Swiss cheese I mean it was just such an awful no-show and every time the Bills defense had a chance to get off the field and swing momentum, especially that drive before the half when the Bills had made it to 14 to 10. They could not get out of their own way. They could not get off the field. They allowed Ryan Tannehill to just go up and down the field. And look, I get it. The Bills were without members of the defense. Matt Milano's injury was huge. Trey White not being out there was huge. What has happened to Micah Hyde and Jordan Poyer, because I know there's more pressure on them, but I have not seen them step up and make the plays in the secondary. I
2: think because you have so many players that are out right now, Hyde and Poyer are being asked to do things that they're not normally asked to do. Uh, Jordan Poyer has been playing more man-to-man coverage. That's not really his, his thing. He's a safety. Yes, he can lock up with a running back or a tight end from time to time, but he plays either in the box and then drops into zone coverage or um, you know, Hyde always plays in the back of the defense. That's what those guys are meant to do. And when you have players like White and Wallace out of the game Suddenly, you've got your best players on the field taking on new responsibilities that they wouldn't necessarily have. And that's what you're seeing right now. I don't think that if they were being asked to do the same things they were last season, you would see any any reduction in production. <laughs> what's your function? Conjunction, junction.
1: Um, what's your function? Right?
2: <laughs> um. I'm rhyming up and down here, but yeah, I don't think it's on them as much as the Bills' defense is having to scheme the back end differently and ask them to do things that they are not comfortable doing. But they're team players, so they're doing it. Um, you know, when when you take a look at Matt Milano coming back, I was convinced that that pec injury was going to have him out for a minimum of six weeks. It obviously wasn't as as severe as I expected it to be, but. When you talk about the Bills against the Titans, and I I know that we're kind of going down the rabbit hole more than we expected to, but the same problems that showed their face, again, against the Titans, showed up in all of the games prior Regarding them not being able to get off the field in the two previous games, the Bills forced a grand total of one punt. This is not a team that can get off the field on third down.
1: And that, Jamie, I'll back up your 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 uh, statement there with opposing teams are converting fifty-one percent of their third down plays against the Bills. That is the third worst uh, conversion rate in the league behind only the giants and to Titans who Josh Allen actually did a really good job of converting a lot of those third and longs. I believe mm-hmm. Buffalo was 11 of 18 or 13 of 18 on third downs, which just goes to show how bad everything else was. If you convert that many third downs and you still lose by 26 points, what a debacle that was in Tennessee. But, you know, I, I, and listen, my, my comments about and Poyer. I love those two. I love what they bring sure. to the table. They're outstanding. I guess I just feel like someone has to step up on this defense. I was really hoping that one of those two safeties would have been a playmaker for us uh, on Tuesday night in Tennessee. Instead, they kind of wilted under the fact of, you're right, being put in unusual positions, being asked to do too much and really having to burden a lot of the responsibility for Milano and Trey White not being on the field. It appears that Travis White will be back in the lineup along with Matt Milano on Monday for the Chiefs game. That is huge because, Jamie, as we know, this Kansas City Chiefs team is a dangerous aerial attack led by Patrick Mahomes. Uh, Travis Kelsey is going to be a matchup nightmare in the tight end position. Tyreek Hill is a matchup nightmare for every team he goes against. Now, Sammy Watkins is not going to be playing, I don't believe, in the game on Monday, but the, the Chiefs. Shocking. Wait, wait, wait. You're saying S- that Sammy Watkins injured? No way. Stop it. I've never heard this before. Holy cow. <laughs> Mr. Plexiglass couldn't stay healthy, and, and that's unfortunate for him. He won't be able to be out there against his former team, but it's a good break for Buffalo because it's one less weapon for this defense to have to, to factor in, and, and take into account. I, again, if the bills can get, I don't know what the bills do with their pass rush. I know that they're way too talented to be getting pushed around the way that they have and to not be getting, you know, where, where is Ed Oliver? We need to see more of Ed Oliver. We need to see more uh, with Quentin Jefferson. There's a lot of the defensive line who really need to step up. It's not all Jerry Hughes's fault for not producing numbers that Jerry hasn't really reached in the last couple of years, but we still are so conditioned to think that he's automatically a 10 sack guy.
2: Now, I'm glad you brought up Ed Oliver because that was addressed. I can't remember if it was Sean McDermott or Leslie Frazier this week, but basically they were saying he's not quite right yet. He got uh, he injured his knee a couple of weeks ago, and he's not where he needs to be yet. That's making a difference, and you can tell because he's definitely not playing at the same level now that he was at the end of last season, and that, that was pointed out, and I believe it was Leslie Frazier. Who mentioned it also? Um, so I, I think that you're going to see him improve over the course of time. Now, when you ask about the the potential for pass rush against the Chiefs, well, the Bills aren't getting there. And here's what I think is the solution. Here's what I think the Bills need to do: don't even attempt a pass rush. Seriously, the Raiders. Who beat the Chiefs last week? We're dropping eight into coverage and it worked. If the Bills can't get a pass rush in the first place, drop everybody into a zone and make them make them beat you long. Make them beat you long or make them throw everything underneath. But take away one of the zones. Now we know that Mahomes can connect downfield. Is the is the key here to test his patience, to see if he's willing to throw the, uh, the four-yard underneath patterns all game long. Perhaps it is. I think that's the direction they need to go.
0: What does it take to be an entrepreneur and how is it changing in our ever-evolving business landscape? This is Scott Galloway, host of the Prop G Podcast and an entrepreneur myself.
1: And and that, Jamie, brings up a really good segue for us when it comes to here on Believe Bill getting Bills fans ready for the big Monday night game against the Kansas City Chiefs. Patrick Mahomes has been under duress quite a bit this year. Uh, I know that the team was able to pull out some wins earlier in the season before falling to Las Vegas last week, but the Chiefs are vulnerable when it comes to their offensive line. Um, left guard, I'm going to attempt to say his name, Kalecki Osemele, Uh, has torn tendons in both of his knees. He's clearly out. Uh, He is one of the anchors on this offensive line. Um, Mike Remmers is kind of a league average fill-in who is going to take over at the left guard, Uh, had a a league average performance against the Raiders. This offensive line is not that great. So there's an opportunity. And if anyone knows the offensive line of the Kansas City Chiefs, it's center Mitch Morse. I would expect Mitch Morse to be talking to the defense quite a bit this week about what they can do against his former team to be uh, vulnerable, to attack at the line of scrimmage, to get that penetration. And if the Bills do drop everybody back against Patrick Mahomes, I wonder if the zone coverage can confuse him enough where maybe he gets tired of taking those four yard drag passes to Uh, Travis Kelsey underneath and tries to take a shot and that's where the Bills can take over and win the turnover battle because when the Bills don't win the turnover battle they have not been a great team we saw that evidently on Tuesday night against Tennessee zero turnovers forced uh, zero chances for short field whereas the Titans had four drives where they scored touchdowns, where they had to go 30 yards or less to get to the end zone. If Buffalo can flip the field and get after the turnovers against Patrick Mahomes, I know it's a common sense, duh, (laughs) kind of statement, but I think that's going to be huge because, dude, this team needs to get some breaks in the turnover game. I think they need some early confidence against Patrick Mahomes because I think Mahomes is reeling a little bit right now. I watched a lot of the Raiders Chiefs game and the Raiders were confounding and confusing him and showing him looks that he almost felt like he had never seen before they forced a ton of pressure without generating a lot of blitzes they had the one key interception late when the Chiefs were trying to rally I don't know this this could be a really opportune moment for the Bills defense to prove everybody wrong because I feel like right now A lot of people have that sky is falling attitude.
2: People do have the sky is falling attitude. And it's incredible what a difference one game made because Bills fans were talking about how incredible this team was and talking about Super Bowl. And then they go out, the team lays one egg, and and they certainly laid an egg. The sky is falling in. This is horrible. What are they going to do? Fire McDermott. You know, all this other stuff is coming out and I'm like, "Guys, all good teams have these games." Do you remember a couple of years ago when they were talking about the Atlanta Falcons being a Super Bowl team and Buffalo went down to Atlanta and beat them soundly? Oh, yeah, that was a great game. Absolutely. Did that mean that Atlanta was no longer a Super Bowl contender? No, it didn't mean that at all. It meant that they had a bad week. And that's exactly what Buffalo had this past uh, this past Tuesday. Now, looking forward, are they going to get it right? I think that they were embarrassed on national television. I, I think that they have a lot to prove. And you know what? In addition to coming out flat, Josh Allen played an average game. Every other game this season, Josh Allen was playing lights out. I mean, he was absolutely phenomenal the first four weeks of the season, and he had some good moments against the Chiefs too. It's a quarterback-driven league, and if he can get back on track, the offense as a whole gets back on track. We need to talk about the, the running game, but he's not the problem the offense isn't the problem even though they weren't themselves this past week it's the defense so what are they going to scheme up in in this beautiful matchup we've got coming on Monday night and I call it beautiful because of the time of year it's fall it's there's there's a, a Frost on the ground, a nip in the air. The World Series is out there. It's six weeks into the football season. This is the best time of year. I love this time of year. Fall, ever since I moved to Washington, D.C., has been my absolute favorite. My condolences to those of you who are still in Western New York. It's not quite as pretty. It's a little gray and damp up there right now. I know how that goes. But this is the best time of year for sports. Is it not?
1: You know, it is. And, and especially with what's happened with COVID where everything, I mean, you just had the NBA finals wrapping up last week, the NHL wrapped up a couple of weeks ago, really there's sports all the time. Uh, you know, and, and it's despite the fact that the bills got eliminated uh, on that Tuesday night football matchup uh, rather early, you had football on a Tuesday night and, and sports really are ramping up uh, right now. I hope that the bills don't lay their second straight egg on prime time uh, on Monday uh, evening, a five o'clock kickoff at Bills Stadium. But Jamie, this is going to be a massive, massive challenge for these Bills. One last thing on Mahomes before we move to uh, the Bills' offense and what they're going to do against the Chiefs' defense. The thing I worry about when you say drop back everybody into coverage. The front four for Buffalo, and I'm talking about Ed Oliver and Jerry Hughes and company and Mario Addison really need to find this needs to be the week that they break out and get after Mahomes. Because if you drop everybody back into coverage and like the Raiders did last week, the reason that worked is the Raiders got pressure with their front four. They didn't have to rely on blitzing linebackers or corners or safeties to get after Mahomes. If you drop everybody back and the front four does not get after Mahomes. Oh, boy, because he is someone who when he's given time to extend plays, one of two things, one of three things happens. He finds his receivers more often than not for a deep ball. He runs for a first down or there's a penalty called against Buffalo for trying to contain their coverage for so long. Because, again, the longer Mahomes has with the ball to find receivers downfield, more often than not, he's going to find them. Yep. And that's all I'm going to say about
2: that. The other thing that you have to worry about with uh, with Mahomes is much like Josh Allen, he operates extremely well outside of the pocket. So their offensive line may be in flux a little bit right now, but he creates a lot of issues. And and you're right. Um, if, if they're not at minimum putting a spy on him, it, it could be a long game.
1: Now, when it comes to the other side of the ball, Jamie, this is going to be the first of hopefully many big, impactful matchups between Patrick Mahomes and Josh Allen. And I know they're not going up against each other, but they're leading two high-flying offenses into this game at Bills Stadium. The good news for Buffalo is that John Brown appears to be a go for the game on Monday, which again, relegates Andre Roberts to oh my gosh, never be on the field for running a route to catch a pass downfield. That- uh,
2: I see. I don't think he's that bad. Don't you remember his sideline catch where he got the feet down? And
1: I, I mean, he's not that bad. I don't, uh, it's not that he's that bad. I just feel like
2: you're just mad at I him. I am.
1: I am. I am mad at him. <laughs> Damn it, Andre Roberts. You messed up everything all around game special teams receiving effort was just terrible but the bills don't need andre roberts to be a receiver not with again uh, with john brown with cole beasley with Stephon diggs with gabriel davis you know those four right there and then isaiah mckenzie sprinkled in on those jet sweeps which somehow always find a way between that and the shovel pass to somehow you know lead to some good progress for this bill's offense josh allen needs to have a crisp game against the Chiefs and I expect him to he took the loss really hard in all of the postgame press conferences that you heard about and the quotes and the clips he's always putting the losses on his shoulders for things he didn't do now granted I don't think both interceptions were his fault at all but he's going to learn from what happened against Tennessee and he's going to get better and if there's consolation for the Bills fans the Chiefs do not have a good secondary at all I think Josh Allen and the Bills offense are going to have a field day, if they can, against the secondary for the Chiefs. The Chiefs are 29th in the league uh, in in rushing yards allowed per game. They're near the bottom of the league in passing yards allowed per game. The quarterback trio of Rashad Breland, Rashad Fenton, and Charverius Ward were torched by Derek Carr last week in the loss to the Raiders. Buffalo's three headed wide receiver monster versus the Chiefs' inept three top cornerbacks. I see a big advantage for Buffalo, especially with how well Stephon Diggs is playing. This dude is a man on a mission. He was the only, outside of Gabriel Davis, he was the only reliable receiving threat. Buffalo had last week against the Titans. I see nothing but good things for this offense coming up on Monday. I really feel like again, Jamie, the Bills can definitely take advantage of a depleted and not so great Chiefs secondary.
2: You made me feel a hell of a lot better about this game just just by telling us that right now. And yes, I think the Bills' top four is probably the best top four in football. Gabriel Davis. Has shown a maturity out on the field that I just didn't expect from him. And he's he's got some learning to do. He's got he he will improve. He's not a finished product yet. However, the the foundation is there and he's going to keep getting better over the course of the year. Now, you mentioned the run defense. Well, the Tennessee run defense was last in the NFL. Buffalo did nothing against them. The Bills have not been able to get it going, and while I think Josh Allen and the wide receivers could actually have a field day against the Chiefs, that's not how they're going to win the game. The Bills are going to win the game by running the ball effectively, which is something they haven't shown the ability to do yet. Last week, Brian Winters was awful at right guard. Cody Ford is still trying to figure it out, and I'm seeing Mitch Morris get pushed into the backfield too often. So the middle of that line has got to play better. So running the ball, get the ball to Devin Singletary, push the defensive line off the ball. They've got to figure something out because you don't want the Chiefs offense on the field. If the Bills can have, and and I can promise you this, if the Bills have two seven to eight minute drives in this game, they win
1: it. I like your thinking. I think the biggest thing we've talked about with quarterbacks like Patrick Mahomes and Aaron Rodgers, is the less time that they have the ball, the less damage they can do again, a duh statement, but that's what the bills need to do on Monday. Right. And I, I was, I was shocked, Jamie, I was shocked at how porous the right side of the offensive line played in the run blocking uh, last week against the Titans. I thought Devin Singletary was going to, going to go well over a hundred yards on the ground. And he, struggled big time the bills i think are 28th in the league in rushing offense so this is going to be one of those a stoppable force versus a movable object which one is going to be able to <laughs> did you like that one out there loved it good tip of the hat to my buddy ben who uh, likes to drop that phrase in a lot of these football analysis that we go through but the bills being i think 28th in the league in rushing offense the chiefs 29th in rushing defense this has to be the week where the offensive line gets going because you're right. The bill's best key to success to win this game is to own the time of possession to chew up a lot of clock. And Josh Allen can still do Josh Allen things, but what, what is it about the run blocking uh, Jamie that you've noticed? What really is the big, because to me, Devin Singletary is not having the same explosiveness and uh, ability to find holes that he did last year, but the holes aren't there. It's not like he's missing the holes.
2: To me, there's, there's two problems. There is individual players getting beat regularly in the center of the line. Uh, and outside of that, they're also not seeing a push by the offensive line. So the difference there is when you block to a stalemate, you pretty much stay in place. You know, So that's not pushing the defensive line. Losing the one-on-one battles is when the offensive lineman gets knocked to the side or backward, and the defensive lineman is now in the backfield. That combined with, I think that they still have some communication issues from shifting Cody Ford over to the left-hand side to play guard. I I think that while they're pretty good at passing defensive players back and forth between blocks, they haven't quite figured it out yet. And they seem to be poor at picking up blitzers, whether it be a delayed blitz or a run blitz coming from the outside. The, The Bills just seem like they don't see and react to those players. And that's making a big difference. And and the Blitzers, both on running plays and on passing downs, it seems that once the offensive line commits to blocking one person, they don't necessarily look around and find the other players that are potentially going to be rushing in. That's been an issue. So when you see Devin Singletary making a good run, but he had to dodge a guy three yards behind the line of scrimmage, that's bad. Somebody didn't do their job. Or the offensive blocking scheme was not set up properly for the direction that the run was supposed to go. Communication, physical battles, and mental lapses are all contributing to this. And Devin Singletary is a good running back. Block your guys to a stalemate, you'll see him get 100 yards. Push the guys, you'll see him get 125 yards. But if you keep Getting him met in the backfield like you did against a Titans team that is atrocious against the run, you're you're going to have more of the same. And you know, people out there were really excited about the the possibility of Le'Veon Bell going to Buffalo. Well, it would have been the same result if if Le'Veon Bell's getting hit in the backfield, he's not going anywhere either. Devin Singletary isn't the problem here; the offensive line is.
1: Yep, no, absolutely. You're you're 100% right. It's the offensive line that needs to step up. And again, it's going to be another one of those tough, you know, as much as the Titans were were vulnerable against the run and the Bills didn't capitalize, the Chiefs are kind of a sleeping giant in the run defense too because they do have the talent to be good at run stopping, especially mm-hmm. I'm really worried, Jamie. You talk about Brian Winters getting dominated by the Titans. Chris Jones is one of the best interior pass rushers in the league. He's not quite up there uh, at the level of Aaron Donald, who we saw run roughshod over winters a couple weeks ago, but Jones V winters or whoever they plug into that right guard spot. I don't believe Quentin Spain is going to be playing um, on Monday night. So you're looking like a healthy dose of Brian winters or Ike Botker, potentially stepping in at that guard spot that to me jamie is going to be a disastrous matchup if they'd let winters or botker or whoever go one-on-one v jones i could see that being another real bad mismatch for the bills
2: and you know this is it's sort of reminiscent of a number of years ago when the chicago bears had a good team but they were getting bad quarterback play and they kept saying well wait till we get rex grossman Wait. Rex Grossman was not a great quarterback. Why were they so excited about him? Well, I'm worried that people are getting a little too excited about John Feliciano coming back. Um, he is he's a decent player, but the Bills' offensive line last year with him was average. They were right in the middle of the pack. Right now, they are below the middle of the pack, and with Feliciano, they might get back to average. Are we going to see a drastic improvement in the blocking going forward this season? I don't think we are. And I think in the offseason they're gonna to have to take a take a good look at that.
1: I think the Bills got very lucky that their under their offensive line overachieved last year to the levels that they did they've come back to earth quite a bit the right side in particular again i don't have as much problems with the left side of the offensive line and center mitch morris but it's the right side that is getting blown up time and time again which again is forcing josh allen to make some difficult decisions out there and to me jamie If I am the Chiefs, the way I attack Josh Allen, even though they do like to mix it up between the zone and the man-to-man, I do the same thing to Josh Allen that we talked about with Patrick Mahomes, having the defense drop into zone coverage and make Josh Allen identify which receivers are open and where they're going to be while, again, getting that pressure from the front four. That, to me, is what I think the Chiefs are going to do to make the Bills feel the pressure on Monday.
2: The Bills have gotten great quarterback play so far this year, but... Josh Allen is still a work in progress, and there's still some maturity that is needed in his game. And part of a quarterback's maturity is taking what's given to him and then living to fight another day. So there are a lot of examples that you'll notice of people being open underneath, even wide open, but the ball going much farther downfield, going you know, 10, 15, 20 yards downfield, which is great. I love that Allen wants to move the sticks, but if it's not there, again, the two, three-yard dump off, and okay, you might have to punt or you give your receiver an opportunity to make a play. But just to keep things moving, you know, he's going to have to He's going to have to get comfortable with those throws if the Chiefs play the same type of defense that the Titans
1: did. And that's, again, the key, Jamie, is if they do play the same defense, I feel like the Chiefs will have the edge in the zone if they go to a more man-to-man coverage. Like we mentioned earlier, the receivers for Buffalo clearly have an edge over this underachieving unit for the Chiefs in the secondary Regardless, it's going to be high flying. I expect there to be a lot of points uh, at Bill's stadium on Monday evening. This is a huge game. Even if the Bills lose this game, Jamie, I'm going to put it out there. It depends on the manner in which they lose. But even if the Bills lose, I'm not sky is falling. This team is terrible. Fire McDermott because you're losing to the damn defending Super Bowl champions. But it depends on the manner in which Buffalo were to play and how they would come out against Andy Reid and the Chiefs. I'm looking forward to seeing the way this is really, you know, Sean McDermott's team has a chance to make another big statement on a primetime spot, bouncing back from a deflating loss uh, to those Tennessee Titans. How do you see this game playing out on Monday night?
2: Well, I, I really like what you had to say that the sky isn't falling if they lose, but put up a fight. Now, let's keep this in perspective last week and this week, are the two teams that played in the AFC championship game. So this is really the class of the AFC that the Bills are playing in two consecutive weeks. So how do I see it going? Well, I don't think the Bills' defensive problems are going to be corrected, but I do think the offensive problems are going to... I I think we're going to see a, a massive improvement and a much sharper Josh Allen... I don't think that the running game gets going the way we'd like to see it, but I think we're going to see more of a commitment to it because that's it's wishful thinking. That's why I think we're going to see it. I don't have any reason other than that's what I want them to do. <laughs> <laughs> but um, I, I see the Chiefs winning this game. I see them putting up probably 38 points to Buffalo's 27 I I see the chiefs coming out with a win, but uh, you know, the bills aren't going to look sloppy. They're just not going to look like the better team.
1: It's hard, Jamie, for me to, uh, as much as I want to believe that the bills are going to win this game on Monday, I all signs point to Kansas city bouncing back from their loss better than Buffalo will bounce back from its loss to the Titans. I think that the bills will keep this extremely competitive. I think it's going to be a fun up tempo up and down the field kind of game. I think, This over, if you're into that kind of thing, is the highest in Bills team history at, I believe, 57 and a half. Last I checked, that's a lot of points out there, but I see this total flying past that. I'm going to go, Kansas City wins 40 to 32 in a game that is close until the midway point of the fourth quarter. Buffalo does not have enough defense to get Mahomes off the field. Josh Allen does have a bounce back game. He plays very well. The running game, if the running game gets going, Here's the thing too, Jamie, if the bills can keep this in the high twenties for a score, I like Buffalo's chances, but Kansas city, if they get into the scoring five touchdowns, putting up mid thirties, high, you know, high thirties point totals, I don't think they're going to be able to stop Mahomes and, and get off the field enough with the defense, having the battle, the injuries and the issues they're dealing with right now. So I'm going to say Buffalo falls to four and two with a 40 to 32 loss. But again, I wouldn't be surprised if if the Bills pull out this win, I just I need I need them to show it to me first before I buy in for this week.
2: That makes perfect sense. And the one thing we have not mentioned to this point is the addition of Le'Veon Bell to the Chiefs offense. That could be a huge boost to them. He's so good out of the backfield. If Milano and Edwards are playing less than 100%. This could really hurt them.
1: I will say, Jamie, to talk our Bills fans off the ledge on that point, I don't expect to see too much of Le'Veon Bell on Sunday. A couple articles I read leading up to the podcast. He might see a couple of token snaps as a gadget, but he's so fresh and so new to the team and their system. I, I feel like, but what you hit on the head is a really key point we'll get into in a future podcast. Tremaine Edmonds. I am a little worried about Edmonds because he did not look good in his run stuffing abilities against the Titans. It looked like he too often was taking a bad beat or a bad route to try to go after the ball carrier. And with Clyde Edwards, Elaire being one of, now he's not good around the goal line. That's why they signed Bell because Elaire I believe, has nine carries for negative one yards around the goal to go situations. That's not good so buffalo cannot can expect to maybe not see edwards elaire running the ball around the goal line but edmonds to me jamie i don't know i just ah maybe it's the shoulder injury is more banged up than people are are admitting mm-hmm. and i give him credit for playing through it and being tough right now and trying to be on the field giving it all he's got he's a gamer he's a warrior but With Milano out and you saw a banged up Tremaine Edmonds, it was not a pretty picture at linebacker. And then Tyrell Dodson had his injury too. And you're looking at AJ Klein thinking, oh, dear Lord.
2: Yeah, boy, if they hadn't guaranteed AJ Klein money for two years, I don't think he'd be on the team right now.
1: I would agree with that assessment. I don't feel like he, you're not paying that kind of money for special teams or any kind of a backup linebacker position out there, but it's, yeah, four
2: million dollars. Oh,
1: what a what a life, what a living! If you can get it, it's a nice nice job for Klein. But the Bills really need to step it up. This is a great challenge for Buffalo in a bounce back situation. Five p.m. kickoff Monday at Bills Stadium. We will have everything you need to know getting ready for next week when the Bills come off of their murderous row of scheduling and get a quick little break out there. You know, it's really been tough, Jamie, for what Buffalo's had to deal with as of late. I know that bills fans are a little bit frustrated with what's been happening. Um, Obviously with the bills falling to Tennessee and then what's happening with this week in the Kansas city chiefs, it's been a tough stretch for the bills. It gets a little easier next week. We'll be here to break down the bills at the dumpster fire. That is the New York jets in week seven. Will the bills get that big bounce back win or not? You can get ready for all of the bills games here with your coverage on bill Eve a Buffalo Bills fan podcast. Be sure to follow us on social media. Jamie is at the Jamie D'Amico. I am at John Boccasino, and you can also get involved with us on the stories we post on BuffaloRumblings.com. For my esteemed colleague, Jamie D'Amico, I am John Boccasino, signing off with one last thought. Go Bills!